The following podcast is recorded and produced by the Podcast Precinct in affiliation with the network at BICBP-radio.com. The Podcast Precinct. Consistency. Creativity. Culture. On today's episode, discussion topics are back as Jaws and I run through some of the major stories and headlines of the NFL today. Pro Football Hall of Fame game. Should it change? Are camp fights good or bad for team camaraderie? Team building strategies. Matt Rule, does he have the hottest seat in the NFL and what could be done about it, as well as a general preseason conversation? Thank you so much for tuning in. My name is Matt Johnson, and this is the Two Point Conversation. Jaws, we made it through. You did it, buddy. We made it through. You did it. <laughs> Hooray. For those obviously ignorant to everything, we I just had to st- restart my my new intro stat like three times before I got it nailed it right. And I might have messed it up somehow along the way, too. But regardless, uh Jaws, welcome back, my friends, to uh where discussion time. This is it's probably one of my favorite episodes to do. It is. It is it's nice to be to back. I'm happy to be here with you. I really am. I've missed. I, I liked my my time on and off of the uh, the retro fantasy. It was a good time killer in the off season. But I'll tell you what, man. We're talking discussion topics, which means the NFL is right around the corner, and uh, I am so ready for it. A full send. Full send. Oh, Let's go for sure. Let's do it. Uh, first and foremost, a couple. Little teensy weensy news things. Um, Jets offensive tackle. Uh, I think I'm pronouncing this right. Mikai Becton. He will be out for the entire 2022 season with an avulsion fracture of his right knee. Um, it's uh, it, it was just announced today. He was injured. Uh, I think. Well, today at as of time of recording, um, but it was announced recently uh, that that was happened. Also the Walton family, uh, I think it's Robert Walton, uh, is his name. He is officially, uh, the owner of the Denver Broncos. That transfer of power ha- occurred today as well as approved by all 31 other national football league owners. I think that's really the biggest bit of news. Um, Roquan Smith requesting a trade. That's like, uh, you know, it's whatever <laughs> player requesting a trade. Just another day in the NFL. Yeah, it's another day with the bears too. It's yeah. You ain't kidding. You ain't kidding, but, uh, we got plenty of fun stuff today to talk about. Uh, let's start off with discussion topic. Number one, the pro football hall of fame game. Uh, this is something that gets touched on often. Uh, and, and something I really want to discuss with you because I think, uh, there's a baseball deal comparison somewhere in here. So the pro football hall of fame game happened this past Thursday, uh, between the Jaguars and the Raiders and, uh, well, at least one of those teams showed up, (laughs) (laughs) right? This is an issue though, right? This is the pro football hall of fame game, you know, but that's what we're given. That's what, all the hall of famers come to watch. And I feel like it's weird. And I, I, you know, I want to ask, you know, discuss between the ourselves, 
you know, is this a format that should change? And I agree that it should. I feel like a couple of years ago, or maybe it's didn't, it might've been like 10 years ago, the Patriots and Titans played a pro football hall of fame game. I think, and they wore their like retro AFL jerseys. It was like uh, an AFL anniversary. Was that? I'm sure that was the Bills. I think that was the Bills and the Oilers, the Bills and the Titans. Really? I, I'm. You could be. You could be. I I know they did at one point. Okay. So, yeah, I think they did like an AFL anniversary thing where all those teams wore their retro colors. Um, but I, I just feel like it's a th- it's a throwaway preseason game, and I, you know, like I said, this is the Pro Football Hall of Fame. All right. This is. This is where everybody aspires to be. I've been there twice in my lifetime. It is my favorite museum um, that I've ever been to. There's so much to learn. Every time I go, I learn something new. You know, it's 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 insane going into the room with all the Hall of Fame bus. And then they put that game out there and they label it the Pro Football Hall of Fame game. Like, oh, I... Every year, this game is so bad. Like... The preseason is getting worse and worse. Yeah. And it's, you know, we all know the players don't want to play, the don't want the preseason. Right. Right. And with more and more legit starters not participating, are you really getting that good of a read on the guys you don't know? And because they're going against guys that are going to be bagging groceries next week or trying out for the USFL and the XFL. So how, like, how good of a read are you really getting? I know that Kyle Sloter dude who just got signed from the USFL to Jacksonville. He got cut today. <laughs> right. <laughs> like, so you got it. And like, good for him. He's going to go back to the USFL or he's going to go to the XFL 2.3.0 or whatever. And, you know, it doesn't matter what his name is, according to the rock. And it, it, it's going to be what it is. Right. But how good is this game ever going to be as a preseason game? It's it's not it's it's getting it's the decline is terrible. I mean, this is the birthplace of the National Football League, right? This is where Canton, Ohio, where all those owners came. I think it was like 13 or 14 owners way back in 19, you know, 1920, 1919, a little bit maybe before that. And we're like, hey, we're going to organize professional football. It's not going to be this rinky dink circuit thing that we've been doing for years. This is going to be the National Football League. Right. And. This is the site, essentially, around the vicinity. This is the mecca of pro football fans. And you put that game out every single year. I, If I'm a Hall of Famer, and that was the game that they were offering to entertain me with during the induction ceremony, I would be sick to my stomach. But here, So here's the thing. Uh, I, I think there's two sides to this coin. Sure. One, like the... You're sick to your stomach about it. You're like, really? Is this what I'm watching? Like, cool. At least now I don't feel bad when I get when I get absolutely ham caked drinking 19 beers and 27 shots and find an Aikman stash somewhere, if you know what I mean. And like, but on the other end, this is the like we're talking about guys that a team celebrates every year when the last undefeated team loses because they went like nine and zero back in the day. And they're like, oh, team lost in week 14. Woo, we're better than them. Like, uh, they're petty. So these, like, some of these dudes might be sitting there going like, these idiots will never be here. Like, <laughs> so maybe they enjoy it. I don't know. Maybe, maybe it gets them. Maybe they get their jollies that way. But at the end of the day, as a fan, this has got to, this has got to stop. How would you change it? Would you eliminate it? Excuse me. 
Would you eliminate it complete, completely? I love Or would you change that? Okay. I do too. I do so, too. I absolutely agree. If you're going to do something that's not going to be a, a meaningful football game, tie this to the Pro Bowl, baby. Okay. Like make Pro Bowl and induction weekend kind of around the same thing. Make it a huge spectacle and maybe make it like, I don't know, like the, the guys that are still able to athlete, to move around and like play a little like a flag football game or something like make it where the guys who are in the hall of fame are playing against like the inductees and the guys that are trying that are up for it or something like something like that. Some Maybe kind of skills cycle. challenge or something. Yeah. Like, like a skill, like an, yeah, an old timer skill challenge, something like that. Or you move it to week one and it's the season opener mm-hmm. or you move it to week one and you do it on a Saturday night after the induction ceremony. So Saturday afternoon, you have the induction ceremony. You got these guys in their jackets and they're, I mean, how many people actually like they'll go back and they'll watch the speeches. You know, if there's something notable during one of the speeches, it makes ESPN stuff like that. But why not say season opener Thursday night football, do it then. Or these guys go through their ceremony, they get their induction. And then before the game, that is nationally televised on a Saturday night. These dudes are on the field for the coin flip. Yeah. And then you play a Saturday night primetime game week one with, I don't know, make it a rematch of last year's Super Bowl. There, all of a sudden, A, it matters, and you're watching good football. Right. I see. I, my idea is, is pretty much something you've said is, is that the season opener occurs in Canton every single year. That's the best weather for this area, for that north, you know, that northeastern kind of area. We all know it gets a little rough, gets a little cold come Pro Bowl time. So why not start the season there? We start, you know, we we end the season with with a place where everybody comes to and there's a hot price, you know, hot seat ticket with the Super Bowl, right? Why not kick the season off? Make it a make that a week or a weekend celebration. You know, Thursday night, you know, Thursday night football, Thursday night season opener. Bills and Rams this year. All right. Make it a big old celebration, uh, you know, and then Hall of Fame ceremony Saturday, like as they have been doing. I think that's probably the best way to go about it because, and this is where the baseball thing comes in. I, I like base football doesn't have a, a game that cherishes like the past. And in recent right. years, baseball has the, the, the field of dreams game, right? That's been a new, a newer concept, I seen pictures from it last year. I watched video clips. It was the most magnificent thing I've ever seen. Oh, uh, and that, that entire complex is gorgeous. They've even had uh, some of the minor league teams, even single A and double A teams, playing at Double Day on induction weekend. Yeah. Like his induction weekend is during the season. Right. So they've had instances where there's a game at Double Day, 25 feet from the entrance of the Hall of Fame, playing professional baseball. Yeah. They've also had like Hall of Fame games where guys who are not even in the Hall of Fame, just guys who are still around the game and can play who played in the pros get together and play like a friendly exhibition. Right. Yeah. There are I, ways I to do this. There, there are ways to do this. And it's a lot better than just throwing that out there because you're giving one team an extra preseason game to, 
you know, it, again, players don't necessarily want this. I feel like it's it's almost as bad as getting sent to Europe uh, to play a football game for a team you don't have to do. Like, I feel like it's almost on par with that if you get sent out to this game. It's a cool weekend experience. You know, get to meet some legends, go tour the stadium that or the tour the, the facility that a lot of people don't, you know, they don't just don't get to do. Right. Uh, but, hey, it's it's like uh, and there, there's two advantages here. So people are like, oh, well, one of the teams is going to lose a home game. Uh, would you rather lose a home game in the Hall of Fame stadium or lose a home game at Wembley? Where you're literally playing in front of a bunch of fans who are like, don't give a shit about your team or Toronto. Yeah. Oh, go, go see some football in it. <laughs> yeah. Go back to the pub. You clown <laughs> world war champs world. Anyway, <laughs> like <laughs> revolutionary war mother. Anyway, I know. <laughs> uh, like I just I, like I get I get globalizing the game. I get that, but I would rather uh, listen. Send me to Canton every year for week one. Never ever ever send me to Europe. Yes. Plus, it means there'll be meaningful meaningful football in Ohio early in the season. <laughs> There's a lot of pluses. There's a lot of pluses. I'm I'm I think you and I are in agreement of of something happening in week one. I think that's the best possible route for this. I just, you know, with the way that the NFL finds itself to be, you know, just literally instilled in our daily lives. If you're an NFL fan, you could, there's a couple, couple dry spells, couple, couple little dry spells here over the last couple months looking for news. I couldn't, I had no material for memes or anything, right. but man, you know, the NFL finds a way to stay relevant and consistently, and I just feel like there's, you know, I, th- I I feel like opening game at Canton, somewhere where people can travel to has its own, you know, you make it special. It has its own super, like almost like a Super Bowl vibe. I right. mean, this is the, the most anticipated game of the offseason. Everybody's looking forward to this date to see this encounter between those I mean, two teams. Why, why does everybody get so, you know, get so hard about playing on Thanksgiving? You know, you win, you win the, the, the turkey leg or whatever, and, like, there's a trophy for it and everything. Right. And like, even though it's just purely ceremonial, you know, there's nothing wild or insanely, you know, whatever about it. It's still just a thing, right? It's it, like people still get gassed up about it. Playing on Thanksgiving is a big deal. Yes. I mean, how does a team or how does a league that hits on so many cylinders? Like you said, they, there's, there's, there's things to talk about in football in the NFL year round and you swing and you miss so damn hard on your all-star game and your hall of fame game mm-hmm. that they're not worth watching. No, 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 they're not. They, they are not. I mean, uh, we, you know, we, we joked about it on the Facebook page and in the messenger chat a little bit and everyone's like, Oh, who cares? Football's back. I'm like, is it though? <laughs> I mean, it is, but like, I've seen better games on a flag football field on a, on a Monday night at the, at the Epic center. <laughs> I, I'm just saying like, I, I've seen like, guys play with more passion too. Right. I, I just, you know, it, I've waited all summer for this, for football to come back. And that is not like that game is not what my, what I want my first impression of football coming back to be. Yeah. The, you know it's got like, the same exciting, like this, the same excitement as like, I don't know watching a fo- like watching a skunk get run over by a prius 
I've missed this. <laughs> Me too, bud. Me too. <laughs> this is a lot of fun. This is a lot of fun. But yeah, so we are in a grand Pro Football Hall of Fame game. The whole concept, the whole format uh, should definitely be changed to make it a lot more meaningful. Um, it's good. Uh, it's a good talking point. Maybe I'll post it on the Facebook page and see what people think. Um, maybe miss the window on that one for Facebook posts. We'll see. Uh, discussion topic number two. You brought this one up. We'll have you kick it off. Can talk camp fights. All right. We've got a lot of reports of camp fights, players beating the shit out of each other for the love of the game. Maybe, maybe not. Um, is this good or is this a good or bad thing for team camaraderie? If you've ever played football, you understand that like those, those long, hot days at camp are exactly that they're long, hot days. Tempers are going to boil. Guys are going to lose their cool. And I want guys that want have some fire, that have some fight, that have some passion. If if my teams, if something happens that you look at and go, ah, there should be a response there, and there isn't one, I'm concerned. Uh, the big one that comes to mind, and th- this was hilarious to me, obviously being part of Bill, you know Bill's Mafia and being heavily vested in Bill's Twitter, when Josh Allen came through on a draw and Jordan Phillips bumped him a little bit and it was it, he definitely didn't hit him. He didn't run through him. He didn't lay him out, but he bumped him. Now that red Jersey means no, 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 no touchy. Yeah. And Josh came up like, dude, you hit me on my throwing arm WTF and kind of like chest bumped him a little bit and got in his face. There was a scuffle. They pulled people apart. A couple of people came flying in Superman style and like, you know, people like, oh, I was more concerned for Josh in the scrum than I was by the hit, by all means. And then all of a sudden you go to Dolphins Twitter and the bills are imploding and this is our year and everything. <laughs> and the next day, the first video that comes out of camp is Josh and Jordan Phillips and Jordan Poyer joking around and like Josh, like slowly walks up, bumps into him and falls back like he got blown up. And then he like sits up and like, and then he squares up with Poyer and like fake shadow boxes him a little bit. And they're all laughing and having a good time. Like those, those things happen. Dudes get fired up. Dudes get, you know, get heated. Then you got guys like Trevor Penning. Did you see this? The offense, the, the, the oh. rookie offensive tackle from the saints. Yes. Three he days got, in a row. He got kicked out of practice for fighting three days in a row. The third day they finally kicked him out of practice because he fought in three days, no less than five people, because two of the three fights he got in were with more than one person. That's no bueno. <laughs> that's I disagree. Listen, no, cut that dude so I can sign him. I want my offensive tackles being that angry. Yes and no, like that's dude. That's yes, those are that's pen- those are penalty yards, man. Like if that shit translates, you're fighting your own teammates. If you get on the field, you start fighting people. That's costing you valuable yards. And we know right now the Saints need every single yard that they can get. Correct. Uh, Correct. <laughs> you, you know what I mean? There's there's shit like that, and you, you like I, I get a little push and shove. Little, you know, it, it's it's exhausting. Like the Josh Allen uh, Phillips one wasn't as bad as you know it, some other ones. Like I heard one about Michael Pittman. All right, Michael Pittman's one of the angriest people I've ever had. I think I've ever seen on the Colts throwing. Big time punches on the new safety, uh, new defensive back. Um, oh God, what the heck is? It? I can't even think of his name. They t- I think it's McLeod. They took him from. They got him from the Eagles. Um, Signed him off free agency. But Pittman's just 
big time punches like he's Rocky Balboa out there. And like, that's not good either. Pittman's been kicked out of a couple games. He was kicked out of the Patriots game right. that I went to for being a hothead. And like, like that's valuable yardage. You know, that I think that's, that's the only concern I get guys, you know, blowing off steam and stuff, but also what if you hurt legitimately hurt one of your teammates, like, like, that's not a good like, thing like, either. You're a receiver. You break your hand because these dudes aren't smart about it. They throw punches at each other's heads and faces while they're wearing helmets. Like, so <laughs> you're, you're a receiver. You shatter your hand on that brand new shut helmet. Yeah. And, ah, uh, nerds. Now you're missing time. Like, well, at least you're not costing your team yards. <laughs> Who was that one? Oh, was it? J- I think it was Javon Wims. He was for the. The Bears. I think he played for the Bears. He like punched some dude from the Saints in the helmet, like three, like trying to draw like a foul, and they're just like, "What are you doing? Get out!" Right? Get out. <laughs> what are you doing? Well, and so the the one that made me bring this topic up was uh, there was a little bit more than a dust up at the Giants practice. I believe it was Monday. Um, John Feliciano throwing hands. Oh, I just read about this today. So much so that. After the fight was broken up, he took another swing. So that wasn't just like end of play, a little dust up. People got like hot, separated. This happened the same day or the day after that Danny Dimes got benched for a play for Tyrod Taylor. Danny Dimes has been doing his best Nate Peterman impression all preseason. Uh, In season, Nate Peterman, not preseason Peterman. Preseason Peterman was elite. I know he was. I wanted uh, him. To, I wanted him to start over Josh Allen in 2018. He did. Oh, he did. He did. I, I got did. what I wanted for, and then here I am. Yeah, and then we found out that that dude should never throw another stop route a day in his life because <laughs> the only person that the only people that score on stop routes against Nate Peterman are the other team. But, I'd rather uh, have Josh Allen in a wheelchair throw throw be quarterback for my team than Nathan Peterman. Yes, 100 percent factual. But I mean, so this this like so your your starting quarterback gets pulled gets like gets lit into by Dable and then goes back out there. And then the dude you brought over to play offensive line who understands his system can kind of be like that veteran presence is not only throwing hands, but after the, after everything settles down, he throws another punch. There is trouble in New Jersey right now. Oh man, I could have told you that. No kidding. Two years ago when they drafted Daniel Jones. (laughs) I mean, we've that's been a common talking point for a while, but I mean, you know, like I can see, like I can, I like the fire. If you can get him to control it of like a Trevor Penning, you know, dust ups happen, you know, uh, digs and uh, our new, the new corner we drafted, like day one, they got into each other's faces and stuff. And I'm sorry, my rookie corner is frustrating my all-pro wide receiver. That's a good sign. That's a good thing. Like, like, and, you know, those things happen. Again, it's competitive. It's physical. It's football. These things happen. There is a line. Three days in a row, probably cross the line. Yeah, definitely. Throwing punches after the scrum's been broken up, probably past the line. (laughs) Just saying. It's it's it depends the the magnitude and level of it. I mean, these are grown men, um, but when you let if you let it, also too, if I'm like a, on another team and I see that, like if I see a player is emotionally kind of like weak like that, man, if I'm having if let's say I have to cover a Michael Pittman, right? And me personally, 
no, there's no way. But anyways, if I'm a, if I'm a NFL level court cornerback and I have to cover Michael Pittman, I'm going to do whatever I have to do to get this dude to throw a punch at me and get out. That was, that was Steve Smith and Pac-Man Jones, right? Yeah. I mean, Steve Smith was a fiery competitor. Pac-Man Jones didn't like not doing well. The two of them next thing, you know, I mean, it, uh, what was it? Andre Johnson did the same thing with Pac-Man, wasn't it? No, it was Cortland Finnegan. He beat Cortland, the like, fuck out of him. But I mean, but same thing. I mean, it like tuned him up because I'm better than you. So you're going to get cheap and I'm going to get angry. And yeah. guess what? Now you're both out of the game. Right. Uh, my favorite one. I think my favorite one was watching AJ Green put Jalen Ramsey in a sleeper hole. <laughs> he got, he did something to piss him off. AJ Green got up. It's like. <laughs> oh, it's like. Go to sleep. <laughs> what do I think? My God, King, he's gonna kill him. <laughs> but <laughs> there's definitely pros and cons to it. Like I said, it, it, it more so. Gets- I think more so. It leans. It, it leans towards good in a in a fire way. We've never seen something really that dramatic, like super dramatic before, where it, it was detrimental. Oh, I, I shouldn't say that. Like that IK Adam Pauly or whatever dude who socked Geno Smith. Probably the best thing to happen to the Jets in 2015. Correct. Making away for Ryan Fitzpatrick, but like that's not good. That's really no. not good. No, when you got your, you know, when you have a linebacker like breaking your starting quarterback's nose in the locker room, that's a problem. Yeah, that's a bit of an issue. But but yeah, uh, I I also think a lot of these things get blown out of proportion, like you know, it's it's the fact that all everyone's got a camera, everyone's got a cell phone, everyone's got a Twitter account, and oh, I'm at camp and there's a fight, and then like you, then you, then you see the video and you're like, was that even really like worth talking about? <laughs> no, but Dolphins Twitter ran with it. Great, thanks guys. <laughs> Terrific. Yeah. All right, <laughs> let's move on to our next <laughs> our next topic. We kind of talk team building strategy in a sense, mostly selling the farm to take quarterbacks. We've seen a lot of that in recent years of teams making giant trades or set making uh, massive signings. Um, recently, uh, this year, this year especially has been a little bit tricky for that. So Matthew Stafford, uh, obviously coming off of a great year, is experiencing some tendonitis issues in his throwing arm, which now the Rams are being a little bit more careful uh, about how they utilize him. Of course, we know that they traded a massive haul to get rid of Jared Goff and acquire Matthew Stafford last year. Um, and, and that that's just one instance. We're going to obviously open this thing up. Of course, uh, Deshaun Watson and the Cleveland Browns, that giant acquisition and has left Cleveland pretty much in rooms, in my opinion. Another, there's a lot of people who are a little bit more optimistic than I am uh, about what the Browns could be, but um, you know, you, you, you left a disgruntled Baker Mayfield, love him or hate him. You pushed him away from your team. Uh, and now Deshaun Watson's at least six game suspension right now. The NFL is appealing it and probably indefinitely. Um, they're looking to, to get an, an indefinite suspension, which is no bueno for the Cleveland Browns. Uh, those are two of the, like the, the, the strikes against it. I, we also know that uh, a team like, you know, the, the Broncos, gave away their future for Russell Wilson in a you know massive move that helped out the Seahawks in rebuilding terms. But uh long, you know, long term is it is it gonna pay off? There's it, it's interesting because it's like kind of three different situations here when it comes to team building because we all know that the quarterback is 
probably one of the most important positions. You can have all the other pieces in the world, but more often than not, if you do not have a QB that can take that team and elevate them to um, where you want them to go, then it's kind of all for naught. So here's where I like, is it worth selling the farm for a quarterback? That's really the big discussion here on the Rams part. On the Rams part, I think they accomplished what they wanted, <laughs> at least. You know what I mean? They're coming off of a Super Bowl win, right? Uh, if, you know, this is this uh, this elbow injury is a lot more serious than people, um, than I think a lot of people realize. It hasn't been a major headline, but it's been obviously talked about. And it's uh, been lingering, too. It's been lingering. And that's not one that's like, oh, you know, a little soreness, a little soreness, a little soreness. Seems to be fine. It's like, no, oh, he did less today. Right. He did even less today. He was with the trainers most of practice. Like, yeah, tendonitis doesn't stop. No. You got, like, I mean, you legit got, like, especially throwing arm tendonitis, you got to shut down, like, completely for two weeks. Yeah. And it's, you know, it, this this time of year, it's it's scary and unnerving. You know, you're going to the season. Who's, I mean, their backup quarterbacks. Like who, and they have John and, Wolford. And John Wolford. And Bryce like Perkins he, and Louise Perez. Jesus. And like you said, a messenger, you know, if something happens to Stafford, that's it. Yeah. It's a wrap. Um, but the Rams have done a really good job of selling the farm and making uh, making do with, with not having draft picks, not having a obvious future in draft picks in college, you know, new college players. But um, but the Rams have done, you know, got what they wanted. They did what they wanted to do by acquiring. Matt Stafford, they got a Lombardi and uh, you know, that's good enough. If Matthew Stafford does not win another Lombardi, he still did his job. He still did what Absolutely. they acquired him for. Um, I'll have you comment on that. We'll go, we'll go play kind of situation by situation. So your thoughts on the Matthew Stafford thing. So, I mean, Stafford as a whole, like you said, that experiment worked, right. But how many years prior to that, did the Rams sell the farm for another piece that didn't work? Right. So you you had to sell a lot to get to where you were. Then you made the big move for the most important position in football. And you were one Aaron Donald play away from losing last year. Aaron Donald doesn't make a play on that. Like basically about to eat Joe Burrow alive. Ramsey got cooked. Yeah. That game was over the other way. You were one play away from this experiment not working last year. Again. I mean, that's dangerous, man. And that that's why selling the farm is tough. Now, I don't know any team in the NFL that could lose their starting quarterback for the season or for any given amount of time and be like, yeah, we're fine. Right. I mean, Philadelphia is one that a lot of people look to the 2017 Eagles team. Uh I don't think Eagles fans were very sure of what Nick Foles was going to do for that squad. And no, because what has he done since? Like that was just right. you got hot. Like I, it is what it is. You can get away with a game or two. I mean the the Ravens got away with um, was it Tyler Huntley? I think it was Tyler Huntley. Yeah, yeah, it was Tyler Huntley. Yep. I mean they they got away with him, but he runs a very similar style of game with potentially a little bit more polished arm talent than Lamar. So he can still do all the stuff on the ground, maybe not to the extent, but then he can burn you a little bit better with his arm. So they got away with it for a little bit last year. Um, I don't know many teams that have that, 
I don't know many teams that you can say, oh, your starting QB is done for a good chunk of time. You're going to be fine. Right. But uh, I don't know if I want to risk. I mean, staff, like, oh, so now you're at a point. Say Stafford, say this injury just progresses and gets worse and worse and worse. And now you're a middle of the road team this year in a tough division. I don't, you make the playoffs because the, the NFC is soft, but you don't get very far. Yeah. I mean, yeah. What what are you rebuilding with? And we saw, especially when a quarterback gets, you know, gets up there in age, we saw with big Ben, how, how steep that hill is when your arm starts to fall off. Mm -hmm. I mean, we went from a dude who had and like could stand in the pocket, take hits and like just flick the ball 50 yards to a dude who had a wet noodle. Yeah, it was bad. It was that that was bad. I love watching Big Ben throw last year. It was like watching Phil Philip Rivers throw this whole career. <laughs> it was the same exact motion, that weird sidearm thing. But um Yeah, but at least Rivers could get something on it. Yeah, that is that he had, did have a little thing. But um but yeah, so like that's and and now so okay, say for whatever reason th- this injury is just nagging, lingering, doesn't go away, and he's just not the same guy. Well, now what? Now what? You have nothing in the near future to sell for the next guy in. Right. And you don't have a draft pick to draft him. Uh, that window just slammed shut, and you burned the damn house down. Yeah, it's it's one of those those tricky things. Risk it, you know, risking it all, and. You know, the Rams did. They risked a lot. I didn't think Jared Goff was terrible of a, you know, that terrible of a quarterback. Was he Matthew Stafford? No. No, he was not. Um, he didn't have the, uh, you know, the, 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 yeah, he wasn't a cerebral of a player. Right. That's exactly what I'm trying to say. And, and, it, you know, obviously we've seen a difference. The Rams were a much better team with, with Stafford under center. But, um, but yeah, if you, if you, you can't just plug in and play that, I mean, you, you're shelling out a ton of money to all these players, Donald Ramsey, Cooper cup, uh, God, who else did they pay? I mean, Robinson's going to want money if you didn't already pay him. Yeah. Um, Higby doesn't suck. Bobby Wagner, Leonard Floyd. They paid a lot of guys and yeah. it's going to be all in vain if. Your QB thing is right now. Now nobody can predict. You know they they took a mostly healthy staff. I know he had some back issues um, in Detroit towards the end of his his career. He was kind of hurt every year. But, I mean, um, most people are in Detroit. It's that's that is true. Uh, I'm in danger. <laughs> but I think I think what the Rams did was was it was worth it. They got they got a they got Stafford his first trophy, and they got their team their first since moving to LA. Now, Deshaun Watson's situation, on the other hand, that is a Ooh. little bit more complicated. The this is this whole signing thing. I'm not even going to go into the allegations against Deshaun Watson, but this whole signing was very mismanaged. The whole situation was mismanaged by Brown's front office, right? First of all, you tanked Baker Mayfield's draft stock or trade stock, tanked it, took it out back, shot it. And we're like, oh, why does nobody want to pay us? Why does nobody want to give us nothing for this? You remember he was a first round pick four years ago, right? Yeah, we don't want him anymore. We don't want him anymore, but here you go. We still want a first. (laughs) But this is like legit how they approached it. And then you take a guy who had sat out for a year, right? 
Le'Veon Bell, after his holdout, did not make as much money signing with the Jets as he would have if he had just played on that. Uh, oh, God. The. Uh, oh, what do they call it? And the franchise tag. Like, yes. I think he made less. I think that was the situation story. He made less. Um, you're taking a, you know, I, I feel like, and I'm not going to sit here and say that being a running back is a lot easier, but for a quarterback to kind of disappear for a full year, you know, on his own, with his own choice, with, you know, plug him into a new system and pay him a fully guaranteed contract of $230 million, fully guaranteed. The Browns messed this one up bad. And we don't know the duration of the Sean Watson situation, right? We said minimum six games to indefinite. Was that, was that, you know, disrupting your team's chemistry? I think the Browns Super Bowl window is closed right now. Oh. Yeah. We we're, we're looking at the, the smoldering remains of that window. Yeah. Yeah. Their window. I mean, I know last year things kind of fell apart, but you've literally destroyed your team's entire chemistry, right? You pushed Jarvis Landry away. The Odell Beckham Jr. Thing didn't work. Was it ever going to work? I don't know. But again, Baker's gone. Your offense, you know, your offensive line is not all that great. Your defense uh, kind of hit or miss. And like, I don't know. I, I just don't feel it. You sold the farm to get a guy who hadn't played in a year and might not even play for two years by the time you get him. For what? For hope? To sell tickets? Right. You know, if anything, I know there's a, again, I, I don't do the whole cancel culture thing, but uh, there's a lot of very upset Browns fans who were not too pleased. They were selling season tickets according to Twitter. Yes. All right. They were selling season tickets. They, I actually did see that uh, that report confirmed on NFL.com at one point. Oh, you did? There, that there was an influx of people giving up their season tickets to the Browns and, you know, people like protesting outside the front office. It wasn't a huge crowd by any means, but I mean, when's the last time an NFL crowd protested anything? Right. Oh, it's, it's, it was impressive, you know, how, how much people were on the stand against it. And I mean, look at all the disrupt, like the, like the, the shit stirring that Deshaun Watson caused like teams seeking out Deshaun Watson caused throughout the league. Right. Matt Ryan became a cult because the Falcons wanted to Sean Watson. That's it. You know, they even took a look at, you know, they even took a look at him more in the final running uh, for that to happen. But I just, I mean, just the, just the, 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 the stuff that happened with the Browns, right? The Browns are in on Deshaun Watson, Baker Mayfield upset. Browns are officially out on Deshaun Watson. Apologize to Baker. Say Baker's our guy. The Browns have signed a Deshaun Watson. What? <laughs> like the Browns have signed Deshaun Watson to an ungodly large, all 100% guaranteed contract for the next five years. Yeah. But the first year is only worth 1 million of the $230 million he is guaranteed because they know he's probably not going to play. So we acknowledge as a franchise that you are a garbage human and are not going to play for a year. So yeah. it's not going to cost us a ton of money. And then next year you're in, let's go, let's win. What? It's... And now, 
like you said, Landry, who was a very solid receiver, and that offense clicked the best before Odell got there, and Landry was their number one target. It did. It did. Because yeah, Landry there was... runs hard routes. He's a good hard route receiver, and he he feasted off of the play action. And Baker is one of the better play action quarterbacks out there, in my opinion. His play action, ooh, excuse me, is so legit. He knows how to sell loses it very it. well. Yes. Yes, he does a very good job with it. And yeah, it, you, you just kind of blew that up. Yeah. And, and I then, don't know. They, they just feel like a team that's going to be floating around that eight and nine, kind of like a, you can't go 500 anymore, but like seven and 10, eight and nine. I didn't give them a whole lot of credit this year because I, I just, I don't like what they have going. They, they gave up their identity and they acquired Amari Cooper for dirt cheap, who I think is, I don't even know if he ever was like, like it's hard for me to say this, but like, I don't know if he was ever that dude, maybe very early on in his career, but he hasn't been that dude in a while. Well, and, and didn't, I mean, they got him for a, not a whole, like the trade didn't it was like a six round. It was like a six round pick, but his contract is huge. Didn't Dallas like just pay him recently. Yeah. Yeah. So like, so you got him for next to nothing because he's overpaid. And I'm sorry, but Amari Cooper, I don't know if he's as good or equal to even Landry. Right. And we know Donovan Peoples-Jones isn't that guy. And now your slot receiver is listed as your third round pick from this year, David Bell. And then you have a sixth round pick, a 2021 third round pick, and then a guy named Jakeem Grant that he I just don't got. Know. He just tore his ACL today. Perfect. So he's not even there. Yeah. Done. Bye. Like or ACL oh, or Achilles, but I was those two mixed up. But and now Kareem Hunt, uh, he—I just read before we got got on the air that he he's holding in, but uh, he's returned it to team activities. So like he has made it very clear he either wants out or wants more money. Yeah, and they're like, listen, I don't know if we can do that right now. And he's like, okay, fine, because he's—I mean—he's getting to that, you know. How let's see how old is he? He's still on the young side. He was a rook, like in he was a rook in 2017. And he's 27. He's on the wrong, he's on the wrong side of 26. So yeah, sitting out a year is not not in the cards there. Right. I don't think sitting out is in the cards for any wide receiver or any running back ever again. No, you, but no, it is not. I mean, so not like one of the two. I mean, you have two of the I mean, probably legitimately two top, maybe top five running backs on your team. And one of them wants out. Great. Yeah, it's it doesn't spell good. I I wanted I was rooting for Cleveland years ago when when they were just getting back to back to back just dog shit season. I was so happy for Cleveland fans when they got Baker when things started to turn around. They were in the playoff hunt in 2018 to like week 15 or something, and I was like, wow, this yeah. is like cool to see. And then obviously the divisional the year they went to all the way to the divisional round and almost beat KC. Yeah, and then now like. It's not so much the fans. It's more so that front office that thought they were doing something, you know, and this, this team is two seasons removed from being considered like, holy shit. This is a legit contender. Yeah. Like like the Browns may go from like bottom of the division to Super Bowl potential this year. And they sputtered. They got banged up a little bit. You know, the the Odell Beckham experiment didn't work because he he's a he demands the football. And when Baker focuses in on him, he doesn't do well. Okay, great. You're like, you're officially the mistake on the lake again. I don't feel bad for you. And you're going to be a bottom feeder because your front office is a joke. Yeah. 
by the way, there's rumor that depending on how long the suspension comes out, they may be in play for a trade for Jimmy Garoppolo. What do they have left to trade? (laughs) Everybody, everybody wants Jimmy G right now. Everybody's calling for Jimmy G. Jimmy G. Somebody's saying that Washington should go get him because Carson Wentz. We'll talk about that in a little bit. Oh, but um, I mean, to add to like, like this Denver, you know, trading for Russell Wilson, do we think that's going to all piece together? Do we, do we think that's going to, I mean, is there a chance? Yes, no doubt about it. Um, th- but there's just an aura or a, st- a stink that I just, I don't know if I, obviously Denver hasn't been good at drafting. All right. It, drafting in recent memory has not been their, their, uh, their expertise. However, you know, it's you gave up a lot to get Russ. You know who I have doubts about. I don't. I don't think. I think that Russ, in some instances, could might his overall career body of work might be a little overrated. I agree. He did. He was at his best on a team with a stout defense and a really good running game. Yeah. Weirdly enough, he has that now. That's kind of where he's at. Right now, losing a losing a wide receiver to a knee injury for the year definitely doesn't help. Especially because your receivers couldn't stay healthy last year. Neither could your running backs. Right. So, yikes. Yeah. But yeah. Well, if you want to talk about a team who may have been one piece away. It's probably the Broncos. The Broncos. I mean, apparently, listen, in that division, no one's one piece away. No, it's it's a little more than that. But I mean, we just have to wait and see how that plays out. Um, it was a lot to gamble. I know it. There was a point where I was mad that the Colts didn't try and get Russell Wilson, but now there's a team who might have been one piece away. Yeah, I mean R- Russell Wilson on that team. All of a sudden, I'm like, ooh, a little bit of intrigue, right? And listen, I'm intrigued by Matt Ryan. I'm not convinced that Matt Ryan is as washed up as people claim. Thank you, thank you. This is why I pay the big bucks. Well, you know, I, I expect the contract extension. I'm going to double your pay. Sweet. <laughs> That's how it's done, Kareem. (laughs) But all right, let's move on to discussion topic number four. Josh will kick off with you for this one. Um, I think we're in agreement that Matt Rule probably has the hottest seat in the NFL right now, right? As far as head coaches go, it's him and then everybody else. (laughs) Yes. Right? Yes. I mean, I, I know that there's probably a couple more people who are on that hot seat. Um, as weird as it might sound, I think Frank Reich might be like his seat might be warming up. Oh, it better be. And I mean, probably Pete thing. Carroll too. probably Pete Carroll. A oh, bit for too. sure. For sure. Especially, I mean, you're on the verge of a rebuild. Like, I don't know. But I mean, Matt rule in, in, you know, two seasons with Carolina, Five and eleven and five and twelve, eighteenth and nineteenth in points scored, twenty-first and thirtieth in yards. Now your defense was second last year in yards. Their defense 20, is actually pretty. But twenty-first in points. So, were you twenty or were you second in yards because you were defending a short field all season? Probably, but you didn't stop many people either. So, and you know, they were eighteenth the year before. I mean. It's not like we saw like a menial improvement that defense. I, I do think that defense is good. I, I think that defense is a lot better than people maybe get to give them credit for. 
Um, if you, especially if you don't really pay attention, right. But it's hard to say you're not on the hot seat here, especially when you have a team who like has receivers being like, meh, feeling cute might retire today. Not sure. (laughs) Oh, you got me a new quarterback. I might retire more now. Right. I know. I know it's uh tricky. It's a, it's a very tricky situation, like, but I think Matt rule's gone no matter what. Right. I think he has to be like, unless they somehow sneak and take the division, which, okay. It's not, it's, it's Tampa. It's Tampa Bay's division until really until Brady's gone. Then there's some questions to be answered outside of that. I mean, I think they can beat the saints. I, I, I know they can beat the Falcons and really, again, one injury away from Tampa and that being like, you know, being a wide open division all of a sudden, but if they don't like, if they don't push toward the top of the division this year, he's absolutely done. Right. Yeah. It's, it's that team just needs to reset. I think that's the, the simplest way to put it. Like overall, all the, the money spent on quarterbacks over the last couple of years, they might still be paying Teddy Bridgewater, um, I think they are. I think that he is getting, he might be getting something from them. Uh, but my God, like this team is, they've never really re- tried to rebuild. Like uh, maybe they have, maybe they have, but it just, it just hasn't been good. Strip it down, get rid of C-Mac, get as much value as you can get and just break it down. It's obvious. It's the best way. Your quarterback situation is, is bad. That team is probably a quarterback away. Probably there's a couple other things that they can use help with, but they do have some decent weapons, but I think for Carolina, what's best at this point is you're literally just holding on, right? You're holding on. You're like the jets and Panthers fans are probably pretty insulted right now, but you remember when the jets going into, I think it was the end of the Geno Smith run. They had, I think they might've put out like Christian Hackenberg, at one point, but they came back in 2017 with a stripped down brand new team. Josh McCowan as quarterback one. They had, I love this team too. It was so much fun. Austin Safarian Jenkins was like their tight end. They had a bunch. I think Robbie Anderson might've been wide receiver one. They yep. had a, they had a weird that, group of guys. I think they beat the bills that year too. It was like year, year one of Jamison Crowder. I think too. It's yeah. It was around that time, but I think they beat the bills. Yeah. That year in New York on primetime, but that was a fun team, but that's what Carolina has to do that. They remind me of that right now where they're just like, they're just holding on. They're just holding on to the past and whatever we're going to, you know, milk out these contracts, but especially when you start talking about like what the bills have done and there's always the joke, you know, that Buffalo is just Carolina South or Carolina North since McDermott came in, but McDermott goes, gets the guys that he liked from there and gets the most out of them until he finds the guy he, he wants to replace them. How are you letting your, like an old coach of yours basically cherry pick the guys he wants. And then like, he gets more out of them than you ever did. Right. And like, and again, now we're talking about a team that is a super bowl favorite right now. And a team that's perpetually five and 11, five and 12. Stop trading your guys away. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, it, it's it's none of the mo- movements that they've um, that they've 
Stop trying, to, helped. stop trying to collect the infinity gauntlet of 2018 quarterback draft class. Right. You're not going to get two of them. The other two, you probably can, <laughs> or the other one, you probably can, but the other, the last two is not going to happen. You're never going to have Josh and you're never going to have Lamar knock right. it off. Yeah, this it's, <laughs> they've done nothing. I mean, literally they were so excited about Teddy Ridgewater when they signed them. Like it's I was too. I was too, and he didn't play like horribly, but he wasn't. He did. He wasn't what they needed. Is trash. I think he got hurt that year. He did. He got banged up because that offensive line is garbage. He got hurt that year, and I think he got hurt. In, he got hurt in Denver. He got like slammed into the ground. It's crazy. Yeah, he, he damn near had his his brain turned into a into pudding against the side <laughs> of his skull. But uh, but yeah, I, I'm in full agreement that the Panthers just need a complete reset. Matt Rule's got to go. Um, it, it's it's got to change if, if this team wants to make a difference it's so important right now for nfc south teams to start making movements for the post brady era in tampa bay all right we're already starting to see that kind of fall apart at the seams with all the season-ending injuries brady literally being on the cusp of retiring and um and it, you know it, you have to be prepared some one team has to has to come out on top when when the brady era is all done in tampa Right now, the closest team is probably New Orleans, and they're hanging on by a thread, too, because their quarterback situation is uncertain. Jameis just got hurt the other day. Rolled ankle. Might be all right, but again, like they, they, it's every year it's something. Yeah, they're, so, they're hanging on by, you know, Jameis Winston's LASIK surgery. LASIK surgery, slant boy coming back. Alvin Kamara, you know, he's, he's probably going to get suspended a couple games. We haven't got the final verdict on that yet, but the, you got to start prepping now. Like yeah. one team has to come out on top. If you're going to do it, fucking rip off the bandaid and just do it, get it done with and, and, and rebuild and be ready. Yeah. Like have, have your team ready for when Tom leaves. Don't be like, Oh, Tom's gone. Here's our window. Like, Go get him. Sam Darnold. <laughs> yeah. We're going to run a two quarterback system. Darnold and Baker. Let's see what happens. You never know what's going to, you know, who's going to throw the ball. Baker Mayfield uh, hands the ball off to Darnold flea flicker intercepted. <laughs> Great. So yeah. Hot train mess. wreck. Train wreck. Just a train wreck. Like, it is. And this thing, it's not a full blown train wreck yet, but we all see it coming. I know. I mean, Matt rule, he's got the whole beard thing going. He looks like, I mean, I'm nobody to judge what somebody looks like, but he looks like, Oh, he he's uh, he's halfway to Bill Belichick look right now. Uh, yeah, Belichick he, looks homeless. <laughs> he's almost there. He's got the he's got the beard. He looks like uh, looks like that Vincent D'Onofrio dude in like Jurassic World, <laughs> right? <laughs> just a hot like just hot sweaty mess and just just kill me now kind of thing. So that's that's yeah. Carolina is probably the a, a team that's going to need a major shakeup very very soon because I don't know how much longer this can last. Remember, remember when they signed Cam Newton? All the excitement. He played I'm one back. good game. I'm, I'm back. back on the bench. <laughs> good times. <laughs> good times. Uh, and our last discussion uh, topic. So training camp stuff, preseason stuff. Uh, I, I've made several posts about uh, certain players with high expectations that haven't been really doing all that well in training camp, right? We've heard Zach Wilson is struggling in New York. Joe Flacco has reportedly outplayed him. Uh, 
I don't know if this is true or not. I did post it to the Facebook page, but Daniel Jones apparently threw a football at a disabled kid. That's uh, not uh, that good. was actually true. I saw that before before oh, you point shared it. That, that was confirmed. Confirmed happened. Jesus Christ. And then Carson Wentz. And then Carson Wentz has not been good at all either. All right, the Colts like fleeced Washington. They took on all of his salary. They only the Colts got a third round pick back for him, and he is not, him and Terry McLaurin have not been doing well together. Mostly Carson Wentz overthrowing uh, people and getting picked off quite a bit. And there's been other camp stories too, camp horror stories about uh, players just not performing well. How much stock can we start? Can we legitimately take in these stories? I mean, there, you have to take some stock in it, right? Like, there's got to be some some truth to some of it. I mean, and when and when you watch video of Daniel Jones underthrowing, and not, not underthrowing, but like right, like somebody running a stop route, and he throws the ball out of bounds five yards in front of where they stopped. Like that, that's a bad ball, man. Like that is not. That's not good. Right. You know, when you, when you hear you're hitting disabled children on the sidelines, that's not good. That is, that's as bad as grown men throwing memorabilia at people for signatures. <laughs> Knock it off. Just keep people safe. Like, come on, Zach Wilson, Joe Flacco is not elite. Joe Flacco was elite for one season. So uh, my man, start chucking bombs and banging moms and stop getting beat by Joe Flacco. Yeah. I also don't believe for two seconds that Flacco is going to win that starting job. No, I don't either. But the fact that he's out playing him is like, that's concerning, right? I mean, right. I get Joe Flacco has been around the block for a little while. He's, he's uh, <laughs> an okay career, made a lot of money, been on some teams, but, um, but, but uh, like, and, and Carson Wentz, like you, you knew what he was going in. So that's just on the commanders or the, you know, the foot soldiers or whatever the hell you want to call them these days. I love to, I love to see it. I, I like, obviously I don't hate Carson Wentz, the person, but the player Yeah, I got, I literally got into an argument with the, with the Eagles fan today on the Facebook page. He goes, Oh, tell me a time beside that one year where everybody was hurt that, uh, that Carson Wentz was trash. I'm like literally last year with the Colts. I'm sorry. I don't care what his stat line says. He was not good. He was not good. No. Right. I, I he he, di- he didn't necessarily win them many games, but he definitely lost them a few. So yeah, I'm. Yeah, I mean, like at the same token, with all of this, all this mess with these training camp stories, good, bad. Listen, the guys who look good, it's supposed to look good. It's training camp. You know the 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 picture or the the video of Tua throwing the sixty yard bomb to Tyreek Hill and everyone you know everyone in Dolphins camp getting all dick hard about it. Listen, man, if you really watch that video, the defensive end coming off the edge stopped. Did the other defensive end set an edge and stopped? The two guys on the interior, like two pop and stopped, and he was able to shuffle, 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 throw. Right in game, he gets murdered. And the, like doing that exact thing. Also, uh, Tyreek Hill isn't going to be running past some guy who's going to be bagging groceries next week playing safety. He's going to be going against legitimate NFL safeties, which we know he can do well against. But he's going to be having to stop to catch that punt and then restart again. 
Like but. it's supposed to look good in camp. It's, you know, I, we, we've seen it every year and the best tell that you can't really, I mean, you have to take some of it with what, for what it is. But last year we heard that Jamar chase could not catch the football because it didn't have stripes on it. And then he tore the league apart. Like, and then he, he had an 80, 80, 87 rating in Madden or something. Yeah, he, he literally sat there, Willie. We heard for days and days and days and days that this dude was not catching the football. He was not doing well. He was going to be a train wreck bust. And then he had one of the best rookie seasons a, a receivers had in a decade. So I don't know. Take it for what it's worth. It's camp. Things look weird in camp sometimes. Yeah. You know, I mean, it all matters what, you know, how you play during the regular season. That's, that's, that's the, uh, that's the most important. That's, I mean, that's the most important thing, but it is, you know, it is always uneasy, right? You hear somebody's having a bad camp and you're like, Oh God, right. Right. It's nerve wracking. It's, it's seriously, it's, it's, it is stressful as a fan, as a coach when things are clicking, but you have to remember some of these guys haven't played organized football in, in probably six months, right? right? And that things have at least six months and things gotta things gotta just piece together. But but yeah, that's kind of I mean, that's the nature of, of the beast. Jamar Chase is the ultimate example of why you can only take this stuff with a grain of salt. So I mean, and I like we 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 touched on earlier. Nate Peterman looked like a baller for one preseason and worked his way out of a starting job in yeah. week one. Right. At which point we were like, damn it, we maybe shouldn't have traded AJ McCarron. Because <laughs> he worked out really well, too. He did. Oh, man, I'll never forget that day. Sitting in a uh, training class and everyone's like, oh, my God, AJ McCarron's the next quarterback for the Buffalo Bills. Oh, shoot. People are losing their minds. Good times. You know who works out really well? Alabama quarterbacks. <laughs> Fuck you, you, need, you need to leave Andrew alone. <laughs> <laughs> you need to leave Andrew alone, you bully. Uh <laughs> We actually, we just had a good time recording. Uh, he was telling me. Let's talk. So he was telling me. So, but that is it, everybody. We wanted to, we, we thought we'd brought, bring some, uh, some fun five, uh, five discussion topics to the table, have a chat about them. Uh, this is going to be, again, going until super, right, probably right before the Super Bowl and maybe right after. And now we go into, we, we're going to back to retro fantasy football again. But um, but Jazz, I want to thank you again for uh, for doing this. I know uh, you you started with us last year. You were dropping subtle hints beforehand about coming on the show. Uh, I must say, you being on here has been very very valuable, and I I do appreciate. It. I know you're a busy guy, and the fact that you take time out of your Tuesdays to record this it, it does mean a lot. So thank you. Well, listen, man, I appreciate being here. I like being part. Of, I love being part of the team, and you know this is just something I I look forward to it every week. So I'm glad to be back. Glad to be doing discussion topics and. Uh, yeah, glad to be uh, hanging out with you again, my man. Absolutely, absolutely. Make sure you go check out Jaws's shows. He has four shows on the network aside from this one. The producer, producers, Hats, Hats, and Stats, Tip of the Cap, and Common Debauchery. I think that's all of them, right? Correct. All right, I nailed it. So make sure you go check those out. You can find those on our website, BICBP-radio.com. Um, but that is a wrap. Until next time, on behalf of Jaws and I, Uh, Until next time, the two-point conversation is good.